just watched a very good show. Oh, yeah? What show are you watching? Over the Garden Wall. It's what? It's a Cartoon Network show. Oh. What is like a mini-series. It was like 10 episodes at 10 minutes each. Is it old? It's from 2000 and something? 14? That's pretty old. Yeah. I mean, I'm from like way before that. But that feels old. You're you're a boomer. No. 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 You're a boomer. Not a boomer. Thank God. I would. Well, anyway. Boomer bashing time. Greg? No. <laughs> I don't think they Jenny. can hear <laughs> What was that? Because my haunted voice. I'm haunted. You sound like you're half cracking up. Well. I'm cracking up from the inside. The cold, ice cold of my soul. The, the ice cold in the shed? Yeah. The podcasting shed. <laughs> Winter podcasting in it's the chilly. snow. There's no snow here. It As is. I continue to dox us, we do again live in Southern California. I really want apple crisp and ice cream. Post your snack. Huh? I made apple crisp the other day. Mm. Huh? Yeah. Yeah? It was very yummy. It was okay. She's asking to get bitch slapped. I didn't I didn't have my brown sugar so I couldn't sprinkle my brown sugar on top and make a nice coating. And I also didn't put enough butter, which made the top a little bit too crumbly. I didn't appreciate it personally. I know it's fine. My ratio of oats to flour was off. <sighs> so many issues. Craig's being all butt-faced about his dessert. You're Greg. I'm Greg. Come old Greg. Mm-hmm. Look at my man, Jana. That's that's old Greg. I know you don't know him. No, wait, I showed you old Greg. Yeah, I know you're talking about it's the fish man. <laughs> old Greg's man, Jana. I don't know how to unsee that. Do you love me? Stop playing your love games with me. It's from this very weird British thing. It's fantastic. I British had, people are so weird. Yeah. I had a call with my team lead who's Australian. Mm-hmm. And he only said it once. But the rest of the day I went, nor. <laughs> nor. <laughs> nor. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Nor. Nor. I wonder how they got so wrong. And saying no. I just couldn't focus on anything else for the call. <laughs> he was like, you nar. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't nar anything. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. Is it time to start? Is it time to start? This is the most lackluster opening we've had. Wait, what? Wait, we haven't said anything. We haven't said anything? No. We've been saying so many things. Okay, so recently, everyone in... By everyone, I mean Divya and Luke. My circle's very small. Um, recently, Divya and Luke informed me that I'm terrible at giving context. Yes. <laughs> like, what she gave I? no context for starting this as a topic of conversation. She said... <laughs> 
we haven't started talking yet, and then randomly started telling this tidbit. <laughs> you just gave the best example. <laughs> but also the other day, I was texting Divya, and I said I watched The Holiday, which for those of you who don't know, The Holiday is a rom-com with, like, Jack Black, Kate Winslet. If you don't know it, please watch it and come back to this podcast. Cameron Diaz. Did you see Jubla. what your friend texted us, Haley? My friend? I don't have friends. Okay, that makes it hard to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Haley texted us. There's a holiday too coming out. Oh yeah, that's right. She made the link not clickable, so you can click it. I love Haley dearly. She's not exactly technologically inclined. Um, yes. Yeah. Anywho, oh, what was I talking about? The holiday. The was I talking about the holiday? Oh yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> so I texted Divya and I told her I watched The Holiday, and then I just said, I get it. What? What do you get? She didn't tell me anything after that. That was, she ended it, and I didn't talk to her for 20 minutes after. You see, previously, we had talked about how Divya thinks Jack Black is hot, and I was like, what? I don't think it's, like, a fact, but okay. Okay, well, well, it, it's all subjective. Anyway. No. <laughs> It's not subjective. <laughs> so, anyway, I heard it from her, and then my friend Haley also said the same thing, and both of them had watched The Holiday, and also, for some reason, it ended up on my For You page, too. And I was like, alright, fine. I guess I have to watch The Holiday and see what this is about. So then I watched it, and I got it. And then I texted Divya, and I said I get it. And she had no idea what I was talking so about. When, when you said that we talked about it previously, <laughs> for the viewers, you may think that we talked about it previously when we were texting the same thread of conversation. No! <laughs> we had talked about it about a week and a half prior, and then had not really seen each other, because she came down with the plague, and then she was back at work, and all of a sudden, she just giving me life updates, and that's when this came up. The so plague. there was no context. The plague of Justinian. Justinian? Justinian. Who's that? Justinian was... Uh, I don't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure that he was, like, a general or something. Anyway, there was a plague, and it killed a lot of people in Italy. Mm. And it was right before the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. It was maybe a variant of the Black Plague. They don't actually know. Anyway, why did I think of that? Because we talked about the plague. The plague. Oh, I had the flu. Yes. It wasn't fun. (laughs) That's really all I have to say on that. If I still sound stuffy or accidentally stop saying words because my vocal cords don't work, Uh, that's why. I didn't bring water. We have an announcement to make. Luke has a mic now. (laughs) Luke's here. Luke's here. Yes. I know I'm here, but, uh,. Who am I with? I don't know who's actually the host of this podcast. Greg? Janine? I'm Amanda. I'm Amanda. That's Divya. I'm Amanda. That's Divya. Once again, just gaslighting me. Add this to the Twitter thread. Whoever's listening, whatever Twitter thread you're creating, this is assault number two. Anyway, this is how did we get here? You might be wondering how we got here. We don't actually know either. But the premise of this is that Luke, every week, gives us a topic, and we 
don't talk about the topic. We talk about things that lead to the topic, and we just see what chaos comes out of our wonderful little brains. Are they wonderful or terrifying? The world. They are little, though. <laughs> That's true. They're very small. They're also fried because we are doing this after work again, and it's really not healthy. No, but we went to the gym yesterday. That was very healthy. So we are on our way to a healthy lifestyle. My arms hurt. We went to the Lavera Tar Pits this weekend. My tail's not real. My tail's not real. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah, the Lavera Tar Pits are cool. They're really cool. I mean, they're kind of actually the opposite of cool. They kill things. Is that cool? That is cool because then we learn from their deaths. The very cool. It's paleo botany. There's a lot of nerds. It's the sexiest study of anything. That's a lie, but it's definitely up there. You want to fuck a fossilized plants? No. Oh. Girl, <laughs> get a handle. Get a grip. That's what Trey says all the time to me. I just be doing the dishes, and she walks up to me. She goes, "What are you doing right now?" I'm like, "I'm doing the dishes." She goes, "Girl, get a grip." I love her. <laughs> She's my little baby child. Who is this? My sister. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that valuable context. <laughs> She's so sassy. Girl, get a grip. No one's seeing it, but I'm doing a little hand motion with it that makes the entire thing <laughs> worth it. Um. For the context for the tales not real that you heard 30 seconds prior. Are we, <laughs> wait, wait are we contextualizing context everything? We There's have no... to contextualize everything. My tale's not real. We have a cat. His name is Zorro. <laughs> I hate him. He's so mopey all the time. And he, <laughs> all he wants to do is be an outdoor cat and not an indoor cat. So whenever he's indoors, he goes, mm, no one loves me. <laughs> so he really reminds me of Eeyore. And you know how Eeyore goes? My tail's not real. <laughs> He's exactly like that. So all day, every day, we mock him going, my tail's not real. God, he really is. He's so strange, though, because you let him out and he just, like, stays on the porch the whole time and then still wants cuddles. He's such a bitch. He is a bitch. Yeah. But he's my bitch. Have we gone through all of the cats yet? We've, thought, we've definitely talked about all of them. Yeah, that's fine. We can save that for later. They're my closest friends. They're my closest friends, too. And I adopted them, so it's extra sad. Mm. I had to pay for my friends. Haha. <laughs> my friends live with me rent-free, so I'm kind of <laughs> right there next to you. <laughs> this week's topic is nuggets. Oh, did I not say the topic? We've never said the topic. Oh, the tuggets? Tuggets. <laughs> The Tuggets no. would like to speak to you now. The Tuggets. <laughs> the nuggets. nuggets. Yes, the Nuggets. And Luke is here to read us the definition of Nuggets. Okay. <laughs> the topic where we're going to be going is Nuggets. Or actually, it's Nugget. I have it written down as Nugget. So we have a three definitions here. One, a solid lump. Two, a tidbit. As in some knowledge. Ah. Three, a small, usually round piece of food. Thank you. A nugget. A nugget. Nom nom. Thank you, Lewis, for those definitions. For that nugget of knowledge. 
I just learn a thing and then I use the thing. Stop it. Stop applying. Stop applying yourself. You just plagiarized Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. Oh. Now you Webster. get to get canceled on Twitter. Please forgive me. Greg. No, I'm not saying it. Greg. No. Greg. You need to stop. Thank you. You, Amanda. You know, we're not who, playing this game. Is it to we're go? really not playing this game today. I remember. I don't even remember what the last topic was. What was the last topic? Not surf and turf. It was trains. 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 Oh, oh! I'm going first today. My sources for today are history.com, world history. Dot org. CSU Chico. They're, yeah, educational site. I don't know. Vice News, The Guardian, The International Business Times, and What Is It Like to Be a Bat by Thomas Nagel. Is that a fiction book or a nonfiction book? Yes. Okay. No, it's a, it's a philosophical article. Oh. Yeah. I'm already picturing being a bat. Very good. Then you have already taken a step into what we're going to be exploring today. I feel the air through my wings. The Chipotle has been lifted off. We're not doing anything related to bats. We're actually just talking about philosophy. But so, I'm a bat. Hit a tree. Mm, I'm yep. still a bat, but I'm a listening bat. She hit a tree. No. She's now doing that, like, slow-motion cartoon I'm little, roll I'm down the tree. The berries Face plant. No. Head. Stop no. wishing bad things to me. Guys, I insisted today that Lewis have a mic for the first time ever. And it was very, very important to me. And he have this mic, and you know why? Do you guys know why? There's no live audience. I may be asking... Why do I have a mic today? Yeah. You know why you have a mic? Because I'm going to be telling you all about your favorite philosopher. <gasps> Socrates. Socrates. Why is he your favorite philosopher? I mean, there's not really a reason. What if his name was Plato? <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to explain? I, can you even explain that joke? I mean, didn't it start from Hades? Yeah, but I don't really remember how. I'm sure Luke does, though. Yeah, one of the... Luke, would you please explain? Oh, I don't know how it started. I don't really remember either. Didn't they, like, do it? Doesn't the character walk up to the skull dude or whatever and he says, Hi, Socrates? No. No. Oh. There's, I don't think they ever say Socrates in the game at all. Then how the hell did you guys get this joke? I don't know. We just started one name pointing to things and being like... No, it was like when we went to get bagels one day. No, the answer is, it's a thought that I've always had. Like, not specifically Socrates, but like, it just started off as that was the first thing I said, so now it's just always Socrates. Just like, the thought of what if someone in the past was named something different? How would that change what you thought of the name? For oh instance, yeah, that is how it started. This is the conversation we had. What so if like, instead of Greg, Divya's name was actually Socrates? Socrates. Socrates? Janine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's the joke. It's not yeah, funny. Yeah, it's brilliant. But it cracks us the fuck up. It, I think it's fantastic. And it inspired me today to tell you all about Socrates. So, for those of you who don't know, Socrates was a Greek philosopher who spent most of his life living in Athens. Today, he's considered one of the most famous and influential philosophers of his era. Sorry. (laughs) is already so bored, she's leaning back and yawning in her chair. It's because the heater kicked in and I finally feel warm enough to unclench my muscles. It's not about you. Have you ever seen... There's a college humor video of um, the Grinch doing yoga... And they say, release your worries or something like that. And he just starts screaming in the middle of a yoga class. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. No, I've seen that college humor video. But that's also what I was like in college. Screaming? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, there's a video of me doing that, actually. Somewhere, somewhere in someone's snap saves. This actually doesn't surprise me at, at all. I had a mental breakdown song, too. Go, I'm having a breakdown. I'm having a breakdown. I sent it to my mom. She thought it was really funny. College was not a fun time for me. <laughs> College wasn't a fun time for anyone with a degree in engineering. Um, I could have used my sister telling me, girl, get a grip. Girl. Get a grip. Well, now you have me to tell you that. Except I won't. Because that's your sister's thing. I can't take that away from you guys. You can say it, but you have to say it like Shreya would say it. Then you're paying a Girl, get a grip. You be gonna do like this. Girl, get a grip. I'll work on it. I'll practice. You'll get there. You'll all get night there. long. Okay. Maybe all night. Ah! That was terrible. Um, Socrates. One important thing to know about him. He was considered eccentric and weird during his life and wasn't really held in high esteem, except by his followers. But that's where his legacy comes in. Mm. So, everything that we know about Socrates is actually from his followers and, like, people that were around him at the time. Fun fact. Mm. Because this man, very eccentric, Literally didn't believe in writing. Like the only way to record anything in his time. It's not like they yeah. had cameras. Yeah. No, he he believed that writing was kind of like... It wasn't the most effective means of communication, which it's not. But his whole thing was the only effective way to communicate is one-to-one with people by talking, right? Yes, and I would believe this if this were not for like the game of telephone. Yeah. You know? No fucking kidding. Anyway, he he's kind of out there. He's a little weird. He's got some weird thoughts. Doesn't Other he things. Also get poisoned at one point. We'll he talk about. We're gonna talk about it. I'm smart. It's a, no I no facts. No, you're not. Mm. We actually took a entire class on Socrates' definition of love and all that stuff. It's you like did my, what? It was like on love in general, but they mostly focused on the Greek philosophy side of it. You wasted a semester doing what? I got a scholarship because I took that class, so I would not consider it a waste of money. 
What are they doing at CSU? CSU? Whatever it's called. CSU? SCU? USC? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> I am dyslexic. Letters yes, don't make to sense to me. It's actually the better option, so I didn't <laughs> go to CSU. I went to a CSU. USC? No. UCS? Yeah. UPS? No, I need to know. Which one is the... It's UCS. Universe... UCS. Is it UCLA? That doesn't sound right. It's the University of California of the South. <laughs> USC. University of Southern California. Oh. oh. Doxed. I actually went to California State University. Nope. Okay, so, other important things to know about Socrates, why he was considered kind of fucking weird. He didn't wash, he didn't cut his hair, he wore old ragged clothes, which, me too. He walked around barefoot all the time, which, also me too. Um, He didn't believe in the state religion at the time, or many of the corrupt decisions that were being made by the Athenian government. So also you. So also me. And he was supposedly really fucking ugly. What if a man is Socrates? Well, I could be. Did you just call me really fucking ugly? <laughs> What'd you call him ugly? You just said he's, he didn't. No, I said all those things, and at the very end, I said he's he was supposedly really fucking ugly. Oh, uh, I didn't listen to the last part because I was already queuing up my joke. Oh my goodness. Well, now you've called me really fucking ugly. How do you feel about this? All right. <laughs> Sure, Amanda, that's believable. Um, yeah, so none of these things really help your image when you're Jay Chillin. Yeah. Being a philosopher and all. Before he was a philosopher, he was a sculptor and a very good soldier. A soldier? A soldier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you know why he decided to become a philosopher? Or didn't really decide, it just kind of happened. Do you know how he became a philosopher? No. Okay. So he went to see the Oracle at Delphi. Oh, bet. My girl. Yeah. And his friend said, is Socrates the wisest man that's ever lived? And the Oracle said, yep. And Socrates, being a class A asshole, said, no, you're wrong. I'm going to prove that you're wrong. By asking all of the wisest men of the era as many questions as I possibly can. And that is how he became a philosopher. Wonderful. Isn't that just so ridiculous? That's exactly what you would do in that situation. Yes. It's so ridiculous that Amanda would do it. <laughs> um, anyway... One of Socrates' most important takeaways from actually doing this, going and asking lots of very smart people random questions, was that the seemingly average people were actually far smarter and wiser than the smart, well-educated people. Even knew. Even me? What? He knew. He knew. He knew. He knew. He did. It's true. A man before his time. His most well-known students today are Plato and some dude named Xenophon, who is a historian, wrote down a lot of shit. Um, And they wrote about him extensively, and they're the reason that we actually know things about him today. Mm, The first fan cross. 
That's what I'm hearing. They had a little Tumblr blog devoted they to their were, little dude that they liked. They were his students. Blah, blah, blah. Fangirls. Students. They do call them either pupils or followers. So I think that's very funny. There's like a little cult, culty vibe. Fangirls. <laughs> anyway, as we all know, his teaching style was focused on debate and discussing... Sorry was focused on debate and discussion to lead his students to their own answers without enforcing his own beliefs and opinions. Mm. Which is very cool. Yeah. It's like the basis of what modern education should should be. Mm-hmm. Not what it is. You used to do Socratic circles. Yeah. In Socratic. some English class. I can't remember what grade. Socratic seminars. We yeah. Do it too. Yeah. And you would take notes on the outside and then you'd have to come in and break down the arguments of the last group. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember doing it. Well, that is part of Socrates' legacy. So thank, thank you, you. Socrates. <clears throat> the young people of Athens at his time really loved Socrates for essentially being a dick to the establishment. The youth never change. They really don't. No. But then they grow old, and then they become the establishment. <sighs> they do. It's true. But... A few of those youths pushed the boundaries. The youths. Damn you, youths. Get out my lawn. (laughs) There's always like one or two that push the boundary when they're young. Mm. And that's progress. Yeah. Thank you, youths. Little little bits of progress. I wrote out 90% of this, so I am just like reading most of this. Socrates, very open-minded dude. He led his followers to create the various schools of thought that would define the future of Greek philosophy and all of Western teaching. For example, Socratic seminar. Many of the things that we know, the basis of like physics, math, ethics, all came out of the followers of Socrates. I'm pretty sure they also read his stuff when they were writing and like preparing for the American Revolution. Yes. Oh, everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. Socrates didn't pass down was how gay things were. We had to work really hard to get there. Well, yeah. Um, So Socrates' biggest legacy at the time? Not giving a fuck about anything other than what he believed in. Correct. He literally died by those morals. Virtues? Virtues. By poison. Yes, by Hemlock. But boys. Um, his strong virtues and his thoughts against society at the time constantly led him to fight back against the norms of his time and treat every... Like, he wanted to treat everyone as equals. Society said don't treat everyone as equals. But, like, one of the big things that Plato wrote about later on was that he spoke to women... And slaves the same way he talked to men. And that Mm. was considered extremely treasonous. So. And he died for the girlies. He really did. He really, really did. Um, Ancient Athenians had this concept called the law of piety. And what piety means in accordance with the law is that... You have to follow a number of social norms and the state religion. Uh, It's not completely clear 
what religion Socrates believed in or like what his actual beliefs were, but he tended to only talk about one God Mm. in a society that had a state religion Mm. that believed in many gods, Mm. right? So that is kind of strike one. Um, Strike two, he tended to also instill a lot of what would become modern socialist ideals in the minds of his followers. And so in 399 BC, Socrates was charged with impiety for denying God and corrupting the youths and was charged with death. Mm. (laughs) That almost sounded like happy birthday. That was really weird. It was my funeral dirge for Socrates. I Thank got you. more of the uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things, of course, is at the time, like, Athens is a city-state. It's a very small place. He's pretty, like, wealthy, even though he walks around like he's not. He Wait, could how do you have, make money? He was a teacher, and before that, he was a soldier and a sculptor. He ran I, I'm with you. Once he became a teacher... How do you make money? He's charging people? Yeah. Everything's capitalist. Well. He's got to make money. I mean, this is like a barter system, kind of, almost, right? Like, he is supplying something, and he's trading it for life. Being able to live in a society. Mm. So, not really capitalism, just more fairness. Anyway, he also had a lot of followers, and they were, like, encouraging him to leave Athens. Because if he left Athens, then obviously they couldn't enforce his death. So, he refused because he believed in his morals, his virtues, Mm -hmm. and decided to stay. And before his death, he said one of his greatest credited statements, which is, The unexamined life is not worth living. Facts. Critically consume. Critically. Please, everyone, critically consume. We we beg you, truly, from the bottom of our heart. Well, we don't beg you. Socrates begs you. We all do. He's begging you from the grave. (laughs) Don't critically consume this podcast, though. (laughs) Please don't. Following his death, Plato wrote, Such was the end of our friend, a man, I think, who was the wisest and justest and the best man I have ever known. Oracle of Delphi is telling Socrates to suck it. Hey, Socrates, remember when you thought you weren't the wisest man that existed? Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) She spat on his grave. Yeah. How dare you doubt me? (laughs) So, as we already kind of talked about, Socrates' legacy lives on to this day in, most directly, in the Socratic method. What? Why are you laughing? What if it wasn't called the Socratic method? <laughs> what was it called? The Platonic method? The Platonic method? Damn. Have you seen that one? How to keep your friends at arm's length. <laughs> Have you seen that one that, like meme that's like, Plato like comes into the future and he's like, hey, like what kind of relationship do you and that girl have? And he's like, oh, we're purely platonic. And he goes, you're fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I have not. <laughs> That's a gist of the Tumblr post. Your meme culture is far more sophisticated than mine. Yeah. 
It, it really isn't. It's just sad called Tumblr. <laughs> Damn. Well, the Socratic method, the basis for it is that you have to understand your belief, ask the other person to clearly state their belief, and sum up the person's argument without judgment. It's just like a way of expanding your own mind and perspective. Trying not to judge you right now. Thank you. Thank you for not judging me. Socrates' ethics also live on today and have also been referenced in many famous things, including MLK Jr.'s um, speech, or sorry, not speech, letter from Birmingham jail. Tell me more. Tell you more. I will not tell you anything except for this quote that I took from it. We love quotes. But I must confess that I am not afraid of the word tension. I have earnestly worked and preached against violent tension, but there is a type of constructive nonviolent tension that is necessary for growth. Just as Socrates felt that, there, that it was necessary to create tension in the mind so that individuals could rise beyond from the bondage of myths and half-truths, to the unfettered realms of creative analysis and objective appraisal. We must see that the need of having nonviolent gadflies is what it looks like, but I'm not actually sure that's the word. Okay. To create the kind of tension in society that will help men to rise from the dark depths of prejudice and racism. Is Socrates the one who wrote the cave? Socrates didn't write anything. Okay, yes, but, like, was he responsible? You know, like, the one I'm talking about? Maybe it's not called the cave. It's, like, the one where they're in a cave and they only see the light dancing out. He is not. He's not? Is that Plato? I don't know who, but it's not. I don't I don't know. I don't know who it is, but that is MLK using Socrates and his ethics oh, it's thousands of years ever after he existed. Mm. Is that not cool? That's cool to me. It's very cool. Yeah. That's why we think about Socrates in our day-to-day lives. Why we point at things and ask ourselves, what if they were named Socrates? <laughs> Thank you. Um, and his last great legacy comes from the followers that started these kind of more abstract schools of thought for philosophy. Later on, they developed into more concrete concepts, cynicism, skepticism, Epicureanism, which I have never heard of before. It sounds familiar. Well, that is good for but you. only in, like, a sense of, like, food? I don't no know idea. Why. And Stoicism. Mm. Mm. Yes. I'm stoic. Now, mm. you may be wondering, how does Socrates relate to Nugget? Well, his last meal was chicken nuggets. So that kind of makes sense. How do you know? He didn't write anything down. Plato told me on Tumblr. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> if Plato was on Tumblr, I would absolutely follow him. If Socrates was Plato, he would eat chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Yeah? How much do you know about... I hate when you ask me anything that starts with this. The answer is no, I don't know it. How much do you know about the Greeks and drug use 
ancient Greeks. I don't know about modern Greece and their drugs. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Okay. Well, I have I'm like one the more. Oracle of Delphi. What? <laughs> I'm like the Oracle of Delphi. <laughs> I don't know I about like, that. I was like, I'm not gonna know it. And then you asked me the question, and I didn't know it. <laughs> so, give me the props. <laughs> I have another question for you. <laughs> this bitch with her questions. It's rhetorical. It's rhetorical. Why even? <laughs> okay. Look at me in the eyes. Hold my hand. We're holding hands, audience. Viewers. <laughs> Viewers. <laughs> Do you think Socrates was sober? No. Well, I have an answer for you. Nobody fucking knows because he didn't write anything down. <laughs> what a fake out. <laughs> but Aristotle, on the other hand, a student of Plato, believed that Pure deficiency and overindulgence were the same. Pure? Deficiency. Pure deficiency and... Overindulgence. Meaning that, like... What does pure deficiency mean? Meaning Mm. that, like, full abstinence from something is just as bad as completely indulging in it. Oh, he's like, the extremes suck. Yeah. His belief was that everything should be viewed... Or everything should be taken up in someone's life by the golden mean, which was a concept in Greek philosophy that basically is the same thing as saying the word moderation. Mm-mm-mm. Just do everything in life in moderation. Aristotle believed that a range of experiences creates a good person. So, get high, get drunk, have fun. I'm not over. I'm not done. You were about to leave us with such a philosophical message. Oh no. It gets way more preachy. Okay. Yeah. Now, we have to get more into what do ethicists and philosophers believe about alcohol and drug use. Which for the remainder of this, drug use always just includes using alcohol because... Contrary to what everybody would like to think, alcohol is a fucking drug. People not think that? I mean, I feel like there's a weird separation, maybe especially in the United States, where it's like alcohol is literally defined as its own thing, even though it's a mind-altering substance and a depressant. Mm. But people just don't call it a drug, which it is a drug. Mm. So... The remainder of this, alcohol is included, and so is, like, caffeine and tobacco use. They are all drugs. They are all substances. Your love, your love, your love is my drug. Your love is not an actual drug. It does not alter your conscience. For the following. (laughs) Love will also be considered a drug. Okay. Anyway. It's not a mind-altering substance. It's not a mind-altering substance! No. Divya, your love does not alter my mind. That's because my love is weak. Or your brain is strong. (laughs) Oh, that's so depressing. My love is not strong enough for you. More confidence, Divya. Confidence! Get a grip! (laughs) Girl. 
Get a grip. <laughs> I want that as a little sound bite. Let me just press the button for it. Girl, get a grip. I'm going to have to try to record it next time I go home. <laughs> okay. Back at it. So, early ethicists, contrary to what Aristotle believed, thought that any sort of drug use was unethical because it's a form of vice and causes irrationality. Mm. Guess what? Party poopers. They're dead. So we don't care about what they have to think. Because later on, ethics shifted to start questioning the reasons why people use drugs instead of just all drug use is bad. Are there places and times where drug use can have a positive effect and be ethical? Mm. Right? These are things like they were questioning the motives behind enhancing experiences, escapism, altered consciousness, and emotional regulation. Mm. Which, like, today, we constantly use drugs for emotional regulation. Raise your hand if you're on antidepressants. I'm not. Neither am I. Well, we probably should be. (laughs) I don't want to be. It would fuck my brain up even more. I have been. I didn't really like it. Anyway, you can be. And ethicists today would probably say it's healthier that you are than not because you help society by regulating your emotions. Good job, everyone. Take your drugs. Anyway. I don't know how much I like the definition of, like, better your health for society, but I get the context they're using it in. But still, it rubs me the wrong way. You should better your mental health for you. It doesn't have to have any great impact on society. That's, like, a very capitalistic view view of mental health. Yeah. Like, you better the individual so they increase their production. You know what I mean? I mean, that's not necessarily true. You also better your health so that you don't, you know, beat the shit out of your children. That doesn't increase production. It just makes people happier. Yeah, but that's, like, different than saying bettering society. That's you bettering your family unit. You know what I mean? It's all the same. I guess so. I don't know. There's a lot of upstanding citizens who do shit at home. And then are upstanding citizens. That, but that, that's like, they are ultimately still having, we're having a different debate here. We're having we a different are, debate. We are, we are getting two in the but weeds. I will say, I see that as still like, they need help to be better in society, as in they need to be better at home, because... Anybody at their home is going to be a functioning member of society one day, right? I like it. I support it. I wish that that's what happens in the world. It's it's not, but this is why everyone should go to therapy. Everyone. Not, not just people that think they should. Fucking everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what you think you're doing... You suck. Go to therapy. Good job. Or just basically reflect on your actions every now and then. Let's start with baby steps. Do both. If you can. Um, okay. So, continuing on. The psychologist, which, by the way, things get a little weird because there are a lot of people that are philosophers, aka they have philosophical ideas, but their professions are different from... Yeah. Being a philosopher. So, for instance, this dude, psychologist, Abraham Maslow, well known in the philosophical community, 
from Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes. Mm. Believe that drugs could cause peak experiences that could be transcendent and cause a sense of unity with the world. And many others in the philosophical community have experimented with psychedelics for that exact reason. Cool. Mm. Right? William James, another psychologist, followed in Maslow's footsteps by getting really high on nitrous and then writing a bunch of articles about his experience where he kind of explained that he had deeply appreciated the experience and what he got from it and he felt more in tune with the world Mm. after having done it. So, just a random fun fact. Today, philosophy majors are the most likely major to use drugs recreationally. Yes. Okay. Um, There was a study that came out in 2013 where 90% of philosophy majors said that they had done drugs at some point versus the population, the like general population of college students at the the time were only about 60%. In that definition, drugs did not include alcohol, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Or love. Or love. Mm. Love is only like 5%. Let's be real. No, oh, she looks like she's going to cry. No. Every day love gets attacked. <laughs> um, there are also many modern philosophers that believe that some of the biggest questions that we face in philosophy require some type of mind alteration or like altered consciousness in order to really think things through. That's because we've gone from asking basic questions about virtues, like, should we talk to women the same way we talk (laughs) to men, to questions of, like, what does it mean to be some little speck of dust in our expansive universe? And that requires drugs. Yay. Yay, drugs. Now... Let's talk about weed. Nuggets of weed. Nuggets of weed. Yes. Weed, for a very long time, has been a silent influence on philosophy. And we love it. We all love it. I'm a little high. You might have noticed. I know you noticed because I saw the way you looked at me a couple times. I had to switch it. (laughs) I had to. It was an honor of this topic. She's also been high for previous podcast episodes. I don't know why you did a special reason. It is an honor of this topic. That is the only reason. Um, Okay. One thing I will say. More than my love. That might be true. I overindulge. See, I do not use the golden mean. Are you sure? I actually really do. I do. I really don't get high very often. I'm kind of yeah. lame. She's lame. She's lame. She's lame. Yeah. Is her drug. Okay. God damn it. It's your story. You <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, at this point, I just want to note that, like, as far as published information goes, there is not a lot of stuff directly correlating philosophy in weed. It is very much like an unspoken thing that 
philosophers for a very long time have used psychedelics and weed, depressants, stimulants, all different things to explore different states, right? Mm -hmm. What I can say is that there is a long history of using cannabis for spiritual enlightenment. And it is very well known for its influence on people to feel love and connection and question things like the world. Or also, do you think about how we could be aliens? We are aliens. Thank you. I'm actually an alien. I know you're an alien. Until You're Tuesday. not even sworn in yet. Until Tuesday. <laughs> I can't believe that there's an oath. I can't believe that you don't know about it. That is the most white girl thing to not know about it. How would I know? I don't know. Consume. I don't know. I've seen it so many times. All the things I've watched have an oath ceremony for someone who's become a citizen. I don't know. I can't can't, name a specific movie, but just so many movies. I have an image of what it'll look like. It probably won't look like that. It's fine. (laughs) It's probably going to be, like, in a town hall or something. It's going to be in the government building in Santa oh, Ana. Great. Carpeted cement building. Yes. Like all buildings. Beautiful. <laughs> well, anyway, Divya is becoming a U.S. citizen. Is that the end of your story? No. <laughs> I'm just making that announcement because I don't know if we actually said it. We talked about it in the last podcast episode a little bit. Yeah, but it's official now. It wasn't official then. Yes, I did pass by by the skin of my neck, no. the nape of my neck. The flying colors. By the teeth of my neck. What's, what is that saying? The nape of your neck? The no, skin like, of your teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. I don't know why I thought my neck was bald. <laughs> I had a little image of like a mama dog like holding the puppy by the... Scruffing them? Yeah. <laughs> well... Divya is a citizen. Almost. She used to get sworn in. Which I didn't know was a thing. I pledge allegiance. To the flag. Of the United States of America. To the Republic. Go get a grip. For which it stands. <laughs> one nation. Under stupid. Under. God. Nixon. Wait, actually, who added that into the pledge? What? Under God. I don't know. I don't know the history of the Pledge of Allegiance of America. It wasn't on the exam. (laughs) Deport this girl immediately. Take my flight to India. (laughs) Okay. You want to hear a random fun fact about weed? Yeah. Humans and weed have been together for so long that they co-evolved. Our brains got more resistant to weed? No. Oh. The opposite. Well, it's more or less that, like, weed changed over time to be more, to release more dopamine in our brains, and our receptors for weed also changed to also release more dopamine into our brains, so that, like, we could just really have a fun time on weed. It would be super fun to time travel and smoke weed with, like, a pilgrim or something and get way more high than them off the same amount of weed. We couldn't do it with a pilgrim. We'd have to go to, like, ancient Egypt. Oh, Or hang out. (gasps) Let's hang out with Socrates! (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Beautiful. Okay. Now, we get into the ethical issue. 
Divya, how much do you know about the United States and their weed problem? I know about the war on drugs. Fantastic. That's all you need to know. Okay. Weed does things to people. It makes them question things. It Mm. makes them be like, why don't we treat people right and fairly, right? So after it became pretty prevalent in the United States because of jazz and then became like part of counterculture, um, some dickheads who didn't believe in equality, just like the Athenian government back in Socrates' time, decided that it was bad and made it illegal. Even though it is a soft drug and doesn't have many effects or harmful effects on people. So they demonized it and the people who used it. And to quote John Eschlerman, Eschlerman, something like that, who was a top aide in the Nixon administration during his presidency, we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black. But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and the blacks with heroin and then criminalize both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. Yikes. He flat out said it? This is a quote. He said this in the 90s, I think. Dude, canceled on Twitter. Yeah. So, to end the story, in the spirit of Socrates... We should all question the framework of the society we live in and our fucking government. Because the most immoral thing about weed is the war on drugs that destroyed so many people's lives. So friends, family, people I don't know, go forth and absorb the nug for Socrates. That was a beautiful ending to a story. Thank you. I'm getting pretty high. Wonderful. <laughs> Are you going to tell me something now? Are you going to supply the nuggets of knowledge? Wait, who goes second? <laughs> Amanda, not please. Why? Why? Why can't you let this bit die after the first half of the show? Do you know who goes next? <laughs> yeah, do you go next? No. Let's hear it. Let's hear your nuggets. No, it's my turn. Nope. It's Luke's turn now. Girl. I want to hear his nuggets. Torture Luke on your own time. Louis, <laughs> do you have nuggets for us? It's not my turn. Nuggets of knowledge? Okay, Divya. Okay. <laughs> wow. Doesn't even pick up the bit. Would you like to guess when our story starts? This is a fun new thing we can do. Try to get what year I'm starting in. Ballpark. You and Luke can each do a number and whoever's closest wins. The topic is nuggets. <laughs> I know what the topic is. <laughs> God damn it. The topic has become a clue. <laughs> How is that a clue? The clue. All right. The story ends in nuggets. Yes, and it starts in 1920. Okay, 1920. I was going to say 1950. <laughs> Amanda wins this round. What year Our is it? story starts in 1952. Nice. When the McDonald's brothers. My dad was two years old. I told <laughs> He's a little diabetic. Yeah. Um, when the McDonald's brothers were working on their restaurant, doing their damn thing. They're a very, very small restaurant. They're just perfecting things out. Mm-hmm. They're very good at speedy service. Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, huh, I think we should spitz up the store, you know? Add a little jingle jangle. <laughs> and they try. They decide, they, cons- they consult some people, a designer and a sign maker, and they decide to do these golden arches. And the other, one brother looks at the other brother and goes, that's kind of a weird idea. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 believe me. And it ended up working out really well for them. So they ended up doing these arches on either side of the store, and they used yellow neon on the arches. And those were the first sign of a symbol that would haunt us forever. The golden arches in McDonald's. Haunt us? That took a spin. You don't think McDonald's kind of haunts the general subliminal space of society? It does. Yeah. It's true. Um, It's it's why I refer to chicken nuggets as McNuggies. McNuggies. (laughs) And you crave a McFlurry? Yes. Constantly. Well, I'm also stoned, which... Yeah, I've, I've Pavloved myself into wanting a McFlurry every time I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it ends up working. So wait, wait, wait. I had a question for you. Mm. Are you going to tell us the plot of the founder? No, I'm going to brush past the plot of the founder. Okay, fantastic. For my story. I'm not going to retell it. I also watched that movie. <laughs> um, okay. But... Um, Basically, it ends up working out really well for them. It ends up attracting truck drivers as they drive past. They're like, oh, Golden Arch. I wonder what that is. And then they get a burger. McNuggies. McNuggies. Yeah. Yum. Wrong. Oh. Wrong. Wrong. Oh. Wrong. Wrong franchise. God and damn it. I just hopped out of the bushes and cut my throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I amused myself. <laughs> Eventually, they joined the arches, and then it makes an M. Aww. And capitalism. Yeah. And then, obviously, you've heard the plot of the founder. Yep. This guy, Ray Kroc, comes in, ruins the whole little cute brother story that we were watching now. Fuck your wholesomeness. Yeah. I'm in business. So he takes over the business, produces the quality of food, he franchises it, and... He starts, like, putting McDonald's all over the U.S. And at the time where they're starting to expand, he has a consultation with the designer, um, Louis Cheskin. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hmm, maybe we should switch it up because, like, the golden arches were their thing. I don't know if it's, like, my thing, if we're going to put it across all these stores. And then Louis Cheskin's like, no, it has to stay the same. Damn. Okay? okay. Because, and I am quoting now, Okay. The golden arches carry the Freudian symbolism of a pair of nourishing breasts. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Once you know that fact, how do you unknow it? I've been trying since, like, two days ago. <laughs> Ew. That was not in the founder. Mm-mm. It wasn't. <laughs> I brought you something new. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's arches. Titties for everyone. Yeah, that's your fun fact for the story. <laughs> um, the like we call I've been calling them the golden arches, but like realistically, they're yellow, right? Mm-hmm. They're like bright. Like when I looked up, kind of like what yellow is associated with. Yellow is associated with bright, busy, joyful. Generally reminds us of food and happiness, right? <laughs> Which is why they're colored yellow. Hold on, I just have to I have to quote you for a second. I looked up the color yellow. Yes, I looked up the color yellow and what it means. <laughs> is, I, I followed it with and what it means. That is the nerdiest thing I've ever heard in my life. You realize the entire premise of this podcast is nerdy? 
gonna continue on. You know what's great? No, I'm gonna continue on with the color story. yellow. <laughs> I hate you. Wait, I actually do really like the color yellow. That's great. It was my baby color. Apparently, if you put too much yellow in a room, though, it makes a baby cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I found that when I googled the color yellow. <laughs> Oh no, more childhood trauma. <laughs> but they're yellow, right? So yeah. why then why do we call them the golden arches? And I thought it was like a really interesting thing to like call them that. Um, so I kind of started looking into the meaning of gold as a color. And all of this following after what I just like after this basically. I don't know where they're great. <laughs> all the facts I'm about to tell you about the color gold come from one of my favorite books called The Secret Lives of Color by Cassia St. Clair. Basically, she kind of, like, goes through all the different colors and, <laughs> and then writes down, like, like the basic points of history. Girl, stop laughing at me. I don't know that I'm just thinking about. <laughs> Why didn't you just look up the color yellow in this book? Oh, I mean, I could have, but I wasn't interested in what she had to say. <laughs> I wanted to know what she said for gold. I didn't want to know the history of yellow. I just wanted to know what people thought about it. A missed opportunity. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, so The Secret Lives of Color by Cassia St. Clair. It kind of goes into each color and then kind of like the history of it, some facts. So gold on the side is like a color of desire. Obviously because of gold as an element, um, it's pretty scarce. And the way it reflects light is an uneven distribution. I have a question. Mm. Did you like how I raised my hand? Yeah. That wasn't the question. Okay. I forgot my question. Okay. <laughs> Wait. You're making a bad a case for... No. <laughs> it's great. I was gonna... What was I gonna ask you? Hold on. Can you say the last sentence over again? So gold as a color is linked to gold as an element. Gold, Wait, no, no, right before that. Gold is has an allure because the mineral is scarce. Ah. Okay, why do we do red on Valentine's Day? Or like, why is red seen as like the if gold is a color of desire? What? Why red? As like a color of love. I mean, I'm pretty sure it has. I mean, like, I'm guessing now, right? Because I didn't... I don't remember what she wrote about red. You didn't look this up in your book? It wasn't related to my story. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but I mean, like, red... Like, Valentine's Day itself started with the Valentine's Massacre. Well, yeah. Love, okay. in general, is kind of thought as something that's supposed to come innate and is supposed to be painful and bloody. Blood. Oh, red. Ew. It comes from your heart. Your heart lives in your this body. This is true. This is true, yes. I mean, I think it's more of, like, humanity. Did you take a class on love? No, I didn't. Then but I like, don't I don't want to hear about love from you. Since red is usually what is associated with the body, mm-hmm. love is probably more of, like, a connection between two bodies, so why would That's it not be one. red? This is also... I have no facts to back this up, but this sounds about, like, love is the color of humanity. Okay, I like that. It's kind of sweet. I've been shut down. You've been shut down. You, <laughs> you have been shutting everyone down for the last two minutes. Is there no philosophical connection to red other than like it's? I don't know, dude. Okay. I'm not super sure. I mean, oh, sorry. 
I genuinely think it's because probably of what Luke's saying. Yeah. It's blood. All right. I'll accept it and move on. Okay. Um, so gold, on the other hand, <laughs> the other color we were talking about, um, as I said, very linked to the mineral. Mm-hmm. Kind of why we can link it really well with desire, divinity, reverence is because it's scarce and it reflects light in like a really unique way. Mm-hmm. It's got a rich glimmer and it also kind of is resistant to tarnishing, which is a very good play for divinity, if anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a and- good conductor, too. Yes, it is. I'm sorry I had to. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're allowed to be a nerd. But when I'm a nerd, I get struck down by lightning, apparently. Excuse me? I'm not a nerd. You're the nerd. Okay. Today at lunch, Amanda was like... No! I used to be a bully in high school. <laughs> I was like, used to be? You are a bully. Not only did she do that, but everyone at the table <laughs> laughed! All her other friends agreed with me. It was terrible. Katie laughed the loudest for that one. <laughs> I felt really injured deep in my soul. Oh, yeah? How do you your victims feel? I I know it's true. It just hurts. In art, they... What? (laughs) Wait, are we back to gold or bullying? Yeah, gold. Oh, okay, okay. In art, they actually don't... They can use the color gold, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not enough for them. Actually, there's a lot of paintings out there that will use actual gold in the yes. paintings. Um, obviously, the one that probably pops to most people's mind when they think of it is Clint. Nope, never mind. Who are you thinking Didn't of? Didn't Picasso do gold leafing in some of his art? I no. don't super remember. Maybe I'm wrong. But yes, continue. Clint, um, uh, in his most famous painting, The Kiss Does It. Yes. Uh, he generally has a bunch of portraits of his lover that he, everything basically except her, like, face and hands is just, like, coated in gold and these gorgeous patterns. Oh, didn't he do the dress one, too? Am I thinking of something else? The dress one. The dress. It's a silhouette of her, and then she has a dress on, and the dress has, like, the gold leafing on it. I think it. it is him. Yeah. I think I, I think so. Yeah. And then, um, it, obviously, in that case, it's his lover. He's trying to adorn her and turn her into a goddess of some sort. Damn. In the birth of Venus, very similarly, Botticelli leaves it into Venus's hair. Damn. Yeah. And when you put gold, actual gold, in a painting, it doesn't really look real. The mm-hmm. way it reflects... Like, if you make a gold leaf, for example, it's not going to reflect light the way it would have if you had painted a leaf. It's going to look less realistic. But that's kind of the point. It stands out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a status symbol. Um, go for it. Makes me think of the rainbow fish with well, the reflective scales. They're silver, but. I don't think I've seen a rainbow fish. Oh, it's a kid's book. I really liked it. Oh, let me Google it really quick. Wait, it's, it's not a good kid's book. Oh, I have seen this. It's all about not bullying. So I clearly didn't get the message. You know, she she read that book. She's like, I identify with the villain. No. Um, Is it kind of like the plot of, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Like, he stands out too much? Except he's, like, his... At the end, his scales are beautiful. Because, like, they're shiny and reflective. Mm -hmm. 
kind of like Rudolph. Yeah. Rudolph, but, you're not so bright. But they're never like, wow, Rudolph, you're so sexy. This is more the end of the rainbow fish. They never say, Rudolph, you're so sexy, but they do say, rainbow fish, you're so sexy. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> word for word, that's a direct quote. Um, Rudolph, with your sexy nose, won't you come and Come in what? I don't know the rest of the song. Come and what or come in what? That's fun. <laughs> bestiality is always fun. <laughs> Holiday theme bestiality is even more fun. I mean, you never know. Maybe it was Clarice singing it to him. Who's Clarice? His girlfriend. Rudolph's girlfriend? Rudolph's got a girlfriend, yeah. Pretty um, sure her name was Clarice. I didn't... This is new lore for me. No. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about this idea of gold standing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, it's showy. It's kind of, in recent years, become gaudy. Mm-hmm. If you wear too much gold, that's someone who's seen as, like... A housewife from New Jersey. Tacky, right? When you binge on gold, it's super tacky. Right, like a housewife from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, there's a quote I want to take from Pliny's Natural History. So this is some, this is like a really old dude, right? Uh, but I think it's like eventually how he ended up feeling about gold. Mm-hmm. We probe her, the her refers to Mother Earth. We, pro- we probe her entrails, digging into veins of gold and silver. We drag out her entrails to be worn oh. upon a finger. Ow. Yeah. But I, I think it's, like, really interesting to think about the idea of, like, binging on gold. Because it's something that just, like, doesn't really happen in Western culture anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still pretty popular in India. And, like, when you give a bride away, you give her away with a lot of gold. And that's seen as a sort of currency. Like, my mom has been saving up for my marriage and gathering gold for me. It's, like, a whole thing. But, like, that really? kind of binging the last time it was seen in Western culture was the gold rush new jersey oh (laughs) sorry (laughs) but like binging on it and storing it um i we're saying the same thing oh yeah i think new jersey people don't wear real gold it depends on the new jersey person okay some of them pride themselves on getting real gold Mm -hmm. okay interesting look at my necklace sorry uh, when you think of the gold rush in America, mm-hmm. what do you think of? <laughs> I, I didn't make a joke, everyone. I simply asked her a question. <laughs> okay, hold on. I can bring it back. You're, you're here. You need to come down here. <laughs> Okay. My hand was way above my head, and I brought it down to about my shoulder. Okay, okay. <laughs> when you asked me, <laughs> the only thing that popped into my head was, there's gold in these here hills. That's good, that's good. Where are those hills? I have no idea. <laughs> dad to the observatory yeah and the week before that i went with Haley o'connell yeah so every time 
I was like, look at the mountains off in the distance to anyone in that group. I just kept on thinking, there's gold oh, in these here hills. <sighs> it's made me so happy to finally be able to say it. The hills are in California. I cried. These are tears. These are actual tears. There are no tears on your face. They're, they're here. They're in my eyeballs. You they're- want some? They don't count if they're still in your eyeballs. Well, no, I just... There's some on my fingers now. You want some? No, I don't want any. <laughs> you should save them, though, in a jar. Okay. Okay. Okay, but... So California. Me, yeah, they, you, it, it makes you think of California. What year? Oh, God. 1849. Mm-hmm. Good job. You did so good. I'm so 49ers. proud of you. 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Little did you know. I did. You didn't know already? No, I knew that I knew little. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was actually a lesser-known gold rush in America. It's called the Pikes Peak Gold Rush in Colorado a decade later in 1858. Whoa, okay. Over 100,000 people participated partici- participated mm-hmm. um, in this rush, and they were called the 59ers because that's when the, the most people came to rush the gold. I haven't heard of that football team. The Rush to Gold. <laughs> the 59ers. The 49ers are a football team? Oh, what? yeah. That was the only way I remembered 1849. I thought they were a basketball team. Are they a basketball team? They're a football team. Thank you, Lewis. Ding, ding, ding. One for Amanda. Yeah. You're the sports girly. Oh. Little did you know. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Um, it's actually a really important gold rush for Colorado. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because bef- at the time of the gold rush, Colorado was still part of the Kansas and Nebraska territory. Okay. And then when all these prospectors started flooding in, they created, they were like the first major non-native population okay. in the area. And they led to the creation of a lot of major towns like Denver and Boulder and Golden which, Golden I have wow. own, but Denver and Boulder I have. I wonder how they thought of Boulder and Golden. <laughs> He's this year rock. <laughs> Your mom has me something. It's a really big rock. It's almost like a... It's almost like a, a medium-sized boulder. boulder. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? You know that No! <laughs> There's this tweet... It's, I don't know, it's like some Midwest town. Like, their police account was like, hey guys, <laughs> just wanted to let you know, there's a medium-sized boulder in the road, and everyone clowned them, and were like, it's a boulder. <laughs> you don't need to tell us the size. A medium-sized boulder is not a boulder. Anyways. <laughs> They, they created a lot of really major towns, right? And it, that rapid population growth <laughs> led to the creation of the Colorado Territory, which eventually got ratified as a state. Wait, which town is this? Boulder? Medium <laughs> size? <laughs> Did you just miss the last two sentences that I said? <laughs> Probably. So the towns? Yeah. They were big towns. Yeah. Lots of population. Yeah. The U.S. government was like, hmm, that's too many people to fit into one big oh, territory. I heard town, not towns. 
Okay, I still don't think that <laughs> All these prospective landowners. <laughs> I thought you were specifically talking about Boulder. No. All of Colorado in general, okay? Um, okay. They were like, there's way too many people, can't be part of these territories, so it ends up becoming its own territory called the Colorado Territory, and then it gets ratified as a state. Yeah. So if you think about it, this gold rush that we never hear about is the reason why we have Colorado as a state. Sexy. Right? In 1967. So many years later. 1967. You remember that little town, Denver, that was like, I'm a little gold mining town. No, I only remember Boulder. Okay, well, you need to remember Denver. Okay. And Denver kind of grows up, becomes a nice little big city. It gets its own basketball team called the Denver Rockets. And in 1967, the Denver Rockets... Why are you... Hold on. Luke is shaking his head. No, what? No, no, no. He gets it. Don't ask him yet. Don't ask him. Okay. Okay. In 1967, the Denver Rockets enter the American Basketball Association. All right? Okay. They... A relatively okay team. They play seven seasons, and then the team was about to enter the NBA and become part of that bracket of teams. Okay. Luke probably will explain that better than me, but that's my understanding of it. Um, <laughs> but there's a problem because okay. there's already another team called the Rockets. It, they're from Houston, so there can't be two teams named the Rockets in the NBA. Hey, I have a question for you. Mm. Did you know that there used to be a basketball team called the Chiefs? Yes. No, wait. Sorry, it was the Redskins. They're the really bad ones. I think the Chiefs still exist, actually. Luke has to be the sports boy. Are you talking about football? Oh, yeah, football. They're very different sports. Yeah, that's fine, but there's the Redskins. Well, not anymore, they're not. You know what's wild to me? Mm-hmm. That these two teams that came up independent of each other could, like, one of them could go and change their name just like that. And the Redskins literally changed, like, two years ago. Who was the team that changed just like that? The Rockets. Oh, well, you know, Matchy Matchy is a bigger deal than... Marginalizing the entire entire race, yeah. Yeah. That's that's fun. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I get what you're saying. It took me a second. Sorry. It took me a really long time to explain it, so. It's all right. The point was given and taken. Um, So they are, like, too matchy-matchy. So they renamed themselves to the Nuggets. In honor of Colorado's rich mining history. And that's where wow. my story ends. You you can't tell me it's not because of McNuggets. It's not. I just explained nope. the entire reason why it wasn't. <laughs> nope. Every time it's I hear so about this team. It's so hard to do this with you when you're high. Every time I think about this team, the only thought I have in my head is a bunch of McNuggets playing basketball. And that's because... Of Ray Kroc. <laughs> You're this correct. motherfucker ruined all our lives. But imagine if they were dino nuggets. There are dino nuggets. No, but if they were dino nuggets that played basketball. How would the nuggets play basketball? You're thinking about it too far. Too far? Base level. 
giant dino nuggets that play basketball. Well, then I ate Okay, them. it was named after the history of gold. Oh. No, I ate the dino nuggets. Nice. Yeah, that was my story. It was good. Amanda, I think you're thinking about the town of Dinosaur, Colorado, that was named after dino nuggets. What? <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that at all. I think you're well, got confused. You are. are you gaslighting me? No, we talked about the town dinosaur for so long. Okay, now you're gaslighting me. We really did, Amanda. You don't remember? I'm high. But yeah, that town was named after the Dino Nugget was invented. They thought, this thing is the greatest thing ever, so we want to be called Dinosaur Colorado. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. It's gotta be because of fossils. And now they have, like, a lot of, like, plaster I dinosaurs. I don't like you anymore, Lewis. Because they couldn't make di- McNugget-sized dinosaurs because, uh, they would be eaten. <laughs> Giving Luke a mic was the best decision ever. <laughs> was it? I'm enjoying it immensely. <laughs> We're down to our penultimate episode of 2022. And... Penultimate? What the hell Penultimate. It's like second to last. Oh. There's a word for that? Penultimate. Yeah, because I ultimate hate... is uh, last. Yeah. Penultimate. I hate the English language. No, you don't. I do. You just can't read it. That's kind of a big part of it. Unless you're Socrates. That's sour grapes. <laughs> sour grapes? Yeah. You don't like it because you can't read it. You don't like the grapes because you can't reach them. Mm. 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 Well, you know what? Socrates would agree with me. I mean, I think he has, like, no concept of the English language. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't like writing either. Or wearing you don't shoes. like reading. I'm pretty sure Socrates liked to read. Yeah, well, he didn't like shoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like shoes either. Um. Yeah. So we're. This is the penultimate episode. This is episode seven. We have made it. Seven the, episodes. It's a lucky number. It's a number of BTS members. Oh, God. It's also, like, generally the number seven is known as a lucky number. I know. It's my lucky number. My lucky number is... I don't know. I don't, you don't have, have a lucky number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had one. I thought it would, like, appear to be in a vision, but it didn't. It didn't. It's it would be great if you regularly did that. Like, you were in conversation, you were just like, hey, you don't know what my lucky number is? <laughs> looks for the trees. My lucky number is... I don't have a lucky number. I don't have a lucky number. <laughs> um, yeah. So we made it this far. Well. It's crazy. Look at it's us. wild. We have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. I didn't post on it for the last episode. Oh, rip. I don't think we even told you the last episode was up, so. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I just didn't feel like making one for trains either. My brain was too blurry. Yeah. There were too many things going on. November was a busy month. Yeah. But I'll make one for this episode. Yeah. Nuggets will get one from me. And then our Instagram will be updated. And then hopefully whoever's listening will follow. And if you're listening, recommend it. I think the podcast makes a great holiday gift. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, 
Why don't you, because you live in this capitalist system, get off your ass and buy something for your family? And no. listen to this podcast. And then, yeah, and then send them a link. Buy them a diamond, then send them a link to the podcast. It's a good Pavlovian effect for us. <laughs> Every time you buy a diamond, you will also listen to this podcast. Every kiss begins with, how did we get here? <laughs> um, so what's our Instagram handle? Our Instagram handle is how did we get here underscore confusion. Thank you. Yes. And while you're at it, rate us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you are listening, we support it for you. And follow us. Yeah. And follow us. Do all these things. Love us forever. Yes. Idolize us. Start a Tumblr blog for us. Tell us that you want to give us money so that we set up a Patreon account. These are all things that would be great. If more than six people would listen to this podcast, that would be awesome for me. It's never going to happen. It could happen if you guys all decide to gift a family member <laughs> an this episode podcast. of this podcast. My recommendation would be this episode or City States. I think you City States. this episode a lot? I do. I had a lot of fun recording it. Aww. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So give them, give them a gift from your heart or from our hearts. Yeah. In our brains, unfortunately. It's 2022. Make your moves while you can. And this is us making our move. Oh my God. Yeah. If you share this podcast with someone that you're like into, you will get laid. If a person has sent you Never. this podcast episode, that means they want to fuck you. I'm just kidding. Wait, if you're sending this on. to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> They just love you. They love you dearly. If that person that you've thought about as a friend, but you know, you're kind of maybe a little bit vibing something from them, sent you this episode. They want to fuck. Oh, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we ignore all the explicits that moms and dads and grandparents just heard? The person who sent you this (laughs) podcast... Loves you dearly and would like you to have a great winter holiday, whichever holiday you celebrate, and a happy new year. Boys well, a happy new year for next episode, but also a happy new year this episode. Celebrate the entrance of a new year, no matter what day of the year it is. And just remember, it's cuffing season. Get fucked. Or don't. It's your choice. We support people who also do not want to get fucked. Happy cuffing season. Happy cuffing season. And with that, Luke, one time, will supply us the topic for the next episode, which we'll record in the next week and then release as our ultimate episode of 2022. Yeah, lucky number eight. Wait. It's like little spider legs. It's our spider legs episode. <laughs> I broke Luke. Luke, what's our topic? Okay, the next topic is Impressionist Painting. Oh, oh my god! So many things brewing in this brain. My brain is so blank right now. <laughs> I did my brain when I like and then finished. <laughs> Alright. I like Chipotle. Come Chipotle. back for impressionist paintings and bring your new significant other with you. Or a brain. family member or a platonic friend. You are allowed to have deep, meaningful relationships in any way that you would like. And if you call your significant other daddy, 
I question your choices. That is a personal choice, and whatever you have to work through, you work through, baby. Yeah. But listen together. As long as you didn't ever call the McDonald's side a pair of tits, I think you're in the safe <laughs> as a Freudian follower. So, And remember to always ask yourself, how did we get here? Did you thank them? Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. I love you.